Do you have trouble seeing up close or far away? How about at night? I know I do. Go check out Design for Vision and Sunglass Central. They are the premier eye care center for all eyeglasses, sunglasses, and contact lenses in southeastern PA. Whether it is the quality eyeglasses, sunglasses, or contacts that you're looking for, their styles represent the latest in fashionable but affordable eyewear. Not only do they offer a wide selection of non-prescription brands, but they offer prescription lenses fabrication. Whether it's in-store or online, they carry all major brands such as Oakley, Dolce & Gabbana, Coach, Michael Kors, Ray-Ban, Maui Jim, Wiley X, and many more. With over 50 years of experience, Design for Vision and Sunglass Central are the best in fabrication, selection, and fitting of designer and specialty glasses. Design for Vision has convenient locations in Morrisville, Levittown, New Hope, Newtown, and Jameson. Sunglass Central can be found at the New Hope, Newtown, and Jameson locations. That's designforvision.com and sunglasscentral.net. This is Chet with Flow Racing. You're listening to the Four Wide Salute Podcast. Welcome back to a Mother's Day edition of the Four Wide Salute Podcast presented by Line Decker Racing Engines. Go check out Line Decker Racing Engines on Facebook. Pop J Line Decker Racing Engines into your search bar and go see what Jason's got going on. One of our breaking news items this week, biggest news of the week and a very surprising one at that. Buddy Kofoid and Crouch Motorsports have parted ways after hitting an impasse in which direction to take the team. I couldn't believe it. I thought they'd been having a lot of success this year. Maybe not as much success as they've wanted, but reasonable finishes. They've been fast. They've been traveling all over. And apparently they don't know which direction to take the team. Buddy wanted to go one direction. They want to go another. And they parted. So, in the interim, Corey Eliason was tapped for the start of the outlaw swing in Pennsylvania this week. Zeb Wise, who had a bad accident at Eldora last weekend, announced that he would be out of action this past weekend, taking some time off to heal up, and Parker Price Miller was called up to fill the seat until Zeb's return. Two bad accidents last night, or bad incidents, I should say. First one, Grandview Speedway hosted the USAC East Coast 360 Sprint Cars last night. Aiden Borden, bad accident after a tangle with Alex Bright, ended up hitting Cage first into the boilerplate, knocked him unconscious. He is, of course, awake and alert, but... He had a concussion. He's got fractures to both the L and T ranges of his back and multiple odd fractures around his limbs. Don't know how long he's going to be out of action, but hope he rests up and uh, gets back soon. 
And the other one, more of a freak incident here, Emerson Axum was on the road traveling to Knoxville to run last night with the wing sprint car. The races were called after Knoxville received three and a half inches of rain in an hour. Shortly after that, Emerson's toter caught fire on the road. Everyone was able to get out and is safe and unharmed. But that toter is gone, up in smoke, up in flames. The nice thing that they posted was the fire department allowed them to hang out at the firehouse until their ride picked them up to take them back to Indiana. So thankfully everyone's okay, but another freak accident. On to our results, we're going to start with Sunday night. Super Dark Car Series at Battle for the Fairgrounds, Orange County Fair Speedway in New York. 55 big blocks showed up for this event. Awesome, awesome turnout. Unfortunately, during the Sportsman Heat races, the rain did hit and postponed the show. They do not have a makeup or continuance date yet, but they are actively searching for one. And also, Sunday night, Action Track USA. Right down the road a bit here from where I'm at. Season opener. Rain was lingering. Rain did come at one point. They were able to get the track back in about a half hour. And were able to get their full show in. Speedster win going to Briggs Danner. And 600 Micros feature was fantastic. Great battle up front. In the end, Steven Snyder Jr. was your winner. On to Tuesday, Short Track Super Series North Region, Battle of the Bullring, Accord Speedway in New York, Modifieds 50 Lapper paying 6000 to win, 602 Crate Sportsman paying 1500 to win. Another one of these things that happens, they reconfigured, redesigned the track, made it a lot wider, got rid of the inside concrete walls, made a lot of changes, and unfortunately, they did not get a practice session in uh, that they had originally intended. Their opener was canceled the week before. And the track had some issues, as a lot of tracks do. These things happen everywhere. I don't know one track that I have seen that can say they've never had an issue. The best of them, we've seen bad at times. This just happens. But... There were a lot of issues. A lot of guys voiced their opinions. But on the flip side, a lot of drivers said they liked the configuration. And once the surface gets to be good, it's going to be a really good place to run. In the end, Matt Shepard was your winner over Matt Williamson, Anthony Perego, Rusty Smith, and Billy Pouch Jr. 602 Crate Sportsman feature win went to Derek McGrew Jr. On to Wednesday. World of Outlaw Sprints, Gettysburg Clash, Lincoln Speedway. And I'm going to let Johnny Gibson tell you how this one finished. Marks on the bottom, Anthony Macri to the cushion, out of turn two, back straight away for the final time. Anthony Macri to the high side as Marks protects the bottom. Can he drive around the 19 out of turn four? The answer to that question is yes. Anthony Macri steals the win in the final quarter at Lincoln Speedway. And there you have it. Anthony Macri on the last lap, last set of turns, 
makes the pass over Brent Marks for the win. David Cravel ended up in third. Danny Dietrich and Brad Sweet rounded out your top five. Castrol Flores Night in America, Spoon River Speedway, Illinois, $23,023 to win. Also, night number one of Illinois Speed Week. Dennis Herb Jr., your winner over Bobby Pierce. Jonathan Davenport, Brian Shirley, and Tanner English were your top five. On to Thursday, going to stick with Castrol Flow Race Night in America. Lincoln Speedway in Illinois, $23,023 to win. Again, Illinois Speed Week night number two. Hudson O'Neill, your winner over Brandon Shepard. Jonathan Davenport, Garrett Alberson, and Tim McCready were your top five. Bloomsburg Ferret Raceway hosted twin 17s for the Speedsters along with 602 Great Sportsman. Both Speedster features going to Briggs Danner. So technically that would make three in a row for him if you include Sunday. And 602 Great Sportsman feature win going to Polly Hartwig, which would make it three in a row for Polly as of Thursday. On to Friday night. World of Outlaws Sprints, night number one of the Morgan Cup, Williams Grove Speedway. Brad Sweet, your winner over Brent Marks, Donnie Schatz, Rico Abreu, and Anthony Macri. All-Star Circuit of Champions, Jacksonville Speedway in Illinois. Hunter Scherenberg, your winner over Chris Windham, Aaron Reutzel, Tyler Courtney, and J.J. Hickel were your top five. Lucas Oil ASCS, two-day show at Moberly Motorsports Park in Missouri. And the biggest winner of them all with the ASCS this year, Mother Nature won the weekend. Lucas Oil Late Models, Farmer City 74, Farmer City Raceway in Illinois, night number three of Illinois Speed Week. This one ended up being postponed due to rain halfway through the show. The event will be resumed tomorrow. Tune in to Flow Racing for that. Included are the second B-Main and the 74-lap feature, paying $25,000 to win. It'll also bring a conclusion to Illinois Speed Week. On to local action here in the Northeast. Big Diamond Speedway. Modified victory going to Brett Cressley. 602 Great Sportsman, Kevin Olenek. 602 Create Sportsman rookies, Brennan Chapman and Roadrunners going to Alex Schofstall. Georgetown Speedway, modified victory to Danny Buck. Mass 305's Buddy Schweibens. 602 Create Sportsman win to Greg Hummelhands. I wonder if that's the first time at a track where two of the feature winners' names ended in Z. Fun fact. Albany Saratoga, modified victory to Jack Spishock. And 602 Great Sportsman, Tyler Rapp, and Mike Coffey Jr. were your feature winners. Outlaw Speedway, Corey Costa picking up the modified victory. And Chris Fisher picking up the Sportsman Mike Jackson Memorial. Utica Rome, Matt Shepard back in victory lane once again with the modifieds. And Matt Janzik picking up his first win of the year in the 602 Great Sportsman. Can-Am Speedway, Dirt Car 358 Modifieds. The soon-to-be-inducted-into-the-Hall-of-Fame Tim Fuller was your winner. And Dirt Car Sportsman, victory to Gavin Eisel. Bruden Speedway, modified victory to Mad Max McLaughlin. And Sportsman, victory to Stephen Marshall. Danny Creedon at Penn Can in the Modifieds. 
and Michael Shane picking up the win in the 602 Great Sportsman. Ransomville Speedway finally got their show in. Matt Williamson was your winner in the Modifieds, and Derek Wagner in the 602 Crate Sportsman. Accord Speedway did the professional thing and canceled their show for Friday night to allow time for track work. I commend them for their actions. That is brilliant. Really, really brilliant. On a Saturday night, World of Outlaws Sprints Morgan Cup night number two at Williams Grove Speedway was rained out. All-Star Circuit of Champions Wilmot Raceway in Wisconsin. Tyler Courtney, your winner over Chris Windham, Hunter Scharenberg, Scotty Thiel, and Tim Schaefer were your top five. Congratulations to Lane Racing and Chris Windham on back-to-back runner-up spots this weekend. That is a huge jump for that team and Chris Windham, who does not have a ton of wing experience, but is actively searching for that win. Lucas Oil Late Models Falls Spring Shootout presented by Tidal Industries, Fairbury American Legion Speedway in Illinois. Night number four of Illinois Speed Week. Bobby Pierce, your winner over Dalton Wilson, Brandon Shepard, Brandon Overton, and Jimmy Owens. On to local action, New Egypt Speedway. Modified victory to Wade Hendrickson. 602 great sportsman win to Stephen Kemery. The news wingless sprints, Brendan Hires, Street Stocks, Spider Ensinger Jr. And the 602 great sportsman rookie win to Ryan Maher. Grandview Speedway, Doug Mammiller, your winner. Logan Watt picking up his first career win at Grandview in the sportsman division and USAC East Coast win going to Steve Dravicki. A clean sweep of former guests of the show. Bridgeport Speedway unfortunately did rain out. Orange County Ferris Speedway, big blocks, victory to Matt Shepard. 602 great sportsman wins to Drew Boniface and Brian Crummel. Fonda Speedway, Stuart Friesen landing in victory lane with the Modifieds. And Mark Mortensen picking up the win in the 602 Crate Sportsman. Woodhall Raceway, A.J. Patrabowski Jr., first-time winner at Woodhall in the Modifieds. And Kenny Peoples Jr. picking up the win in the 602 Crate Sportsman. Land of Legends Raceway, Eric Rudolph picking up the Modified Victory. And Kevin Ridley picking up the 602 Crate Sportsman win. Thunder Mountain, Brandon Walters was your modified winner, and Jamie Kamrowski was your Dirk Har Sportsman winner. Lebanon Valley, big block victory to Andy Bacchetti, small block victory to LJ Lombardo, and 602 great sportsman win to Kevin Ward. After Motorsports Park, Sean Walker was your winner in the Modifieds, and Matt Brewer in the 602 great sportsman. Lincoln and Port Royal were both off with the Outlaws in town at Williams Grove. Unfortunately, I think Lincoln would have ended up raining out anyway. On to today, we have Sealands Grove Speedway in action tonight. That is going to be kicking off shortly. Four tens and super late models. I'll have those results for you next week. And those are your results. These are your upcoming events. 
Short Track Super Series South Region Tuesday, Diamond State 50, Delaware International Speedway. Modifies running a 50 lapper for 5,000 to win. 602 Great Sportsman 1,500 to win. That will be on Flow Racing. World of Outlaw Sprints, Friday, Attica Raceway Park in Ohio. Saturday, Sharon Speedway also in Ohio. Those will be on Dirt Vision. All-Stars, going north of the border here from Pennsylvania. Friday, Outlaw Speedway up in New York. And Saturday, Fonda Speedway in New York as well for 10000 to win. Those will both be on Flow Racing. High Limit Sprint Car Series, Tuesday, Buckeye Brawl, Wayne County Speedway, Ohio, in Ohio, $23,000, $23 to win. That will be on Flow Racing. Lucas Oil ASCS, going to try it again once more. Friday and Saturday, two-day show, Tri-City Speedway in Illinois on Flow Racing. USAC Midgets. Friday and Saturday, Belleville Short Track in Kansas. 4000 to win Friday, 6000 to win on Saturday. That will be on Flow Racing. And joining them Friday night will be the USAC Silver Crown Cars for 8000 to win, of course, also on Flow Racing. World of Outlaw Late Models, Friday, Marion County Showdown, Marion Center Raceway in Pennsylvania, 10000 to win. Saturday, Late Model Speed Palace Showdown, Port Royal Speedway, 15000 to win. That will be on Dirt Vision. Lucas Oil Late Models, again, tomorrow, finish of the Farmer City 74. And Friday, Truck Country 50, 300 Raceway in Iowa, both on Flow Racing. And last but not least, Castrol Flow Race Night in America, Tuesday, Marshalltown Speedway in Iowa, $23,023 to the winner. And Wednesday, Davenport Speedway, also in Iowa, $23,023 to win. Those are your upcoming events. Those were your results. As always, thank you to all of our followers and subscribers. Like and share the podcast on Facebook and Twitter. Smash the five-star rating button on all the podcast platforms. Big thank you to Kenny Bruce and Bill Brown and Company for the support. On to this week's episode. I love this episode. I hope you guys get a kick out of this. Are we being 100% dead right serious? Probably closer than you think. But as they say, just like assholes, everyone has an opinion as well. Bert, Wojcik, and I definitely have opinions. I want to make this absolutely clear. We know a lot of people on this list. We know a lot of people that aren't on this list. Do we discredit anybody that made this list? Absolutely not. Do we discredit any driver? Absolutely not. This is a little tongue-in-cheek. Again, opinionated. Every one of you out there has your opinions. I'd like to hear some of your opinions. When this episode gets posted to social media, comment what you think the top 10 would be, whether in order or just 10 names. Kyle McFadden did a great job compiling this list, giving an explanation for these guys. And we're not saying that he's wrong necessarily. It's his list. It's his opinion. 
we may just see it a little bit differently. Bert and I don't necessarily agree. But it's the greatest thing about being an individual. We all have our own viewpoints. We're just putting our thoughts out there. This was great. I hope you guys really enjoy this. And again, don't kill us. We're just throwing a different perspective out there. So hope you guys enjoy. Once again, happy Mother's Day to all of you that are listening and support the show and to anyone not supporting the show. You all deserve a great day. On that note, until next time, enjoy the show. Bill Brown & Company, located in Hamilton, New Jersey, has been in the printing and promotional products business since 1946. Current owner and proud Dirt Track supporter Ken Bruce has been with the company since 1987 and has continued to deliver the customer service that Bill Brown & Company has delivered since the beginning. Kenny supports Dirt Track Racing through the sponsorship of the number 11 Modified, driven by Danny Heber, along with sponsorship of bonuses at Big Diamond Speedway and the Short Track Super Series, and is proud to be a sponsor of the 4 Wide Salute Podcast. You can reach Bill Brown & Company at 609-586-1408 or by email at kbruce at billbrowninc.com. You can also check out the promotional products on the website at www.billbrowninc.com. On this week's episode of the 4 Wide Slew Podcast, I have my long-lost friend I haven't seen since last year, believe it or not, Bert Wojcik. And man, I love that Kyle McFadden does great work. There's no debate in this. And wrote this thing for Flow last week, ranking Dirt Track Racing's top 10 most diverse drivers, which is impossible to figure out 10. And then to rank them yet is even harder. But this is definitely up for debate. And this is why we have you on. So basically what you're saying is you had no other ideas for a show this week, Casey. So you had to call me from out of the the dungeon of the basement here that I've been hiding in for the last, I don't know, couple of months to talk about this. All right. I'm okay with it. Okay. So (laughs) I may have put a couple of possible episodes on the back burner for now. When it came to who do I want to call to debate this list with, that's when I dug really deep down in the barrel. You really did. You went to the bottom of the barrel here. Don't lie. <laughs> Find people on the 4 y 2 podcast. <laughs> All um, right, man. We're going to start from 10 and work our way up to number one. I'm going to read verbatim what Kyle McFadden had wrote for each driver, and then we'll give a yay or nay on why we think they – and don't get me wrong. All these drivers are great. Mm-hmm. All of these drivers on this list are absolutely great. Do they belong on this list of the – top 10 dirt track diverse drivers list that's to be foreseen but don't get us wrong all these guys are great we couldn't hold their jockstrap on our best day but when it comes to this list however no there's opinions to be given and that's what we're here for so number 10 cody swanson So the write-up does read, best known for his USAC Silver Crown prowess as the series all-time leader in wins and championships, Swanson is as diverse as it gets. Two years ago, he became the second driver ever to win in a midget, sprint car, and Silver Crown car at Indianapolis Raceway Park 
in the same season. He's a three-time winner of the Little 500 and just last year won the inaugural 500 Sprint Car Tour in Indiana-centric Pavement Sprint Car Series. And in 2021, he finished second to none other than Tony Stewart in the SRX race at Aldora. Well, the biggest word in this gives away why I'm absolutely booting him off this list. Mm-hmm. They stated pavement. Yes, Cody Swanson does run a lot of Silver Crown. He is the king of the mountain in Silver Crown. However, they run pretty much half dirt, half asphalt. And when Cody Swanson hits dirt, he's subpar. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Now, don't get me wrong. It does take a special kind of driver to go back and forth and be good on both dirt and asphalt. It, it does. I mean, there's no doubt there. But this list is about dirt racers. Cody Swanson, I only consider him a dirt racer in a Silver Crown car. Where is he in a sprint car? Where is he in a midget? He's won in a midget at Lucas Oil Raceway Park. He's won in a sprint car at Lucas Oil Raceway Park. He won in a sprint or at a Silver Crown car in Lucas Oil Raceway Park, also known as IRP, which kids, it is an asphalt track in Indianapolis, which, by the way, uh, the Xfinity Series and and they, I think the Truck Series going back this year, but Xfinity Series should be there as well. Badass track. But no, Cody Swanson does not belong on this list 100% because, again, you took the words right out of my mouth. Asphalt. He is so good on asphalt. Don't get me wrong. I mean, it takes a special skill to be good on asphalt. But Cody Swanson does not belong on this list. He is not diversified in across dirt. Maybe across racing he is, in a way. And he does. He can go back and forth and be dominant, like we said, in the Silver Crown Series. But we don't hear about him when it comes to a uh, sprint car. We don't hear about him when it comes to a midget. Um on dirt on asphalt sure but this is a dirt list i love kyle to death but i yes he did get this one wrong yeah i'm all on the same boat that you are with this man and it's again like i look at they listed midgets sprint cars and silver crown and we'll get to this later on but i can think of a couple of other names that could definitely make this list because of their dirt abilities in all three of those divisions Oh, yeah. Yeah. So we're, we're Nixon, Cody Swanson off this list. If this was the top 10 most diversified drivers and didn't refer to any type of surface, arguably could be number, could be anywhere on top 10. But I agree. Dirt, he's gone. Number yeah. nine, Donnie Schatz. Amid a three-year absence from late model victory lane, the 10-time World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series champion still finds time for dirt racing's Fender Discipline. In February, the reigning Knoxville Nationals champion finished 18th among a 46-car field in a dirt car super late model competition at Volusia. Schatz has 14 late model victories since first running the division in 2012. Well, I'm saying no. I, I had down maybe. But I'm going to say no as well because he does not do enough late model racing. And when he does do late model racing... He's normally mid-pack somewhere, unless it's like a uh, an MRA event or was it MLRA out, out there in the Midwest mm-hmm. or when they go up to the Dakotas, um, up that way there. Then he has a shot for you know shot for a win or whatever because he knows those track a little better. But he's not really a, a dominant late model guy when he jumps into it. I mean, he kind of does that does that for fun. 
but I wouldn't call him diversified because he just runs a late model every now and then. I mean, there's there's a difference between you know be going back and forth, like say somebody like Kyle Larson that can actually win, which we'll get to him a little bit later on this list. But no, I I don't. I, I, the more I think about, it, no, Donnie Shaw shouldn't be not be on this list. Top ten sprint car driver of all time, absolutely. You put him up there in the top five, not on the top ten diversified dirt drivers. No, no, absolutely not. And not, I'm sorry, and I'm sorry, not even, not even a name we're going to get on this list later on should even be higher than Donnie Schott. Because I even know about this guy on the list. Maybe you know who I'm talking about. We'll pick it out later. But there's a guy on this list here that also is in the late model category. But he's higher than Donnie Schott. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, you can just throw some... Sorry, go ahead. It's just so weird. It really is. I mean, again, it is next to impossible for one guy to come up with this list and to be mm-hmm. able to argue every person's ranking. It just, it, this is almost like you need to have a group of your peers voting on this. You really do. And yes. I'm looking at this on my phone and there's about eight lines of this paragraph. Four of those lines are about him finishing 18th at one race in February. That, to me, does not mean that he is the most diversified. Brandon Overton, who is great in a late model, he ran a sprint car at the World Finals two years ago. Mm -hmm. Well, if you're going to say that Donnie's number nine here, then I would think that also means that a guy like Overton, who ran a sprint car one time, should be on this list. No, this doesn't work for me. Now, again... And I'm surprised it doesn't mention that he, I think, except for this past year, is a perennial driver of the Chili Bowl, too. But I was I was actually going to say that there, that when, all right, we didn't talk about his Chili Bowl experience. Like, I, I know he doesn't do well at the Chili Bowl, but, I mean, that's kind of a uh, something you need to put in there. Like, you know, for saying, okay, he's diversified that he runs a midget and a late model outside of the sprint car stuff. Every You know, he runs a midget once a year. And you know he runs a late model, you know, five six times a year. Right. It's yeah, no. That, that to me, defer, diversified. Uh, I mean, I think we should also say to the people what we think our uh, representation of the word diversified should be. It should be somebody that can go in a car, in any car they go into, and be able to win in it any time they're in that car. Yeah, not finishing 18th one time, and now that's just. I, and it's not a matter of okay, they're so good in a sprint car. That means that it balances it out. Absolutely not. You can be fifth best in three divisions. I'm going to give you a lot more clout than I will what they wrote about Downey, unfortunately. So on to number eight, Billy Pouch Jr. While big block modifieds will always be Pouch's wheelhouse, he's competed in various other disciplines throughout his racing career, particularly sprint cars, micro sprints, Arca Stock Cars, and NASCAR's Wheel and Modified Tour. On the whole, he's won modified championships at Pennsylvania's Big Diamond Speedway, New Egypt Speedway, and Georgetown Speedway, as well as Speedster Championships at Action Track USA in Kutztown. Well, I'm going to say yes for making the list because he is absolutely diversified. However, 
with me and my background, I have really have to nitpick this. Big block modifieds, no. Billy is more of a small block and spec small block guy. He has run a right. big block, but this is one of them things we can really go off the <laughs> off the beaten path here about this. But no, I think Billy has a lot of success at Kutztown for one. Speedster always at the top. Up and until he's not running this year, he's not running the micro. He was always a threat to win. Another mm-hmm. guy who has made the A main at the Chili Bowl, and it's not referred to on here. Um, but yes, he and again, Arca Stock Cars and NASCAR's Wheel of Modified Tour. They're pavement, and it doesn't count. And of course, he did run 358 sprint cars before his modified career started. So I'm going to say yes. I have to agree with you. Yes, Billy does deserve to be on this list. I, honestly, I think eight is so low on this list for this. He should be in the top five for the, the tracker you said. Again, yes, it's not a big block modified, but again, I'll give Kyle benefit of doubt because spring car people don't know, half the people don't know the difference between a big block and a small block. Correct. So, uh, you know, I'll give them a benefit of doubt on that one. But still, the modified Winner in that multiple time track champion said Big Diamond. I didn't know New Egypt or Georgetown was in Pennsylvania, but um, <laughs> that, I, sorry, Kyle, I had to. Uh, anyway, um, but I mean, well, he also has had, I mean, if we're talking big blocks, so he does have success at, at Bridgeport um, yep. down there. He has had success down there. Um, not as much as the old man, though. Um, winner in the spring car. USAC East Coast Spring Car. We talked about how his dominance in a speedster uh, in the 600. I mean, Billy surprised me when I first started going to Kutztown how good of a speed or uh, 600 driver he was. He was fantastic. And then we saw some of that, you know, when he went, I believe, was it one, one of the first events in USAC East Coast in the Hogue 39. And every now and then they'll do spots in the Hogue 39 or, you know, whatever. But Billy has the, um, uh, credentials to be on this list. And I think this, uh, this is the first guy that we can definitely say, yes, deserves to be on this list, but eight is too damn low. I don't know. I, I obviously, look at the number one, number two. Yes, this list is in order. Kyle, what the hell are you thinking here? But n- yes, Billy Powell Jr., 100% on this list. Yeah, I would probably put him at about a five-ish, somewhere in there, um, including my guys that were left out. I think... Yeah, he just he's one of those guys that I know people are going to shit on this because Billy has not always been the most successful or biggest threat to win any time in any car. Mm-hmm. But he can give you a really great run at any time in any car. He can. He he has always been that way. So, although he might not be a Larson guy who can hop in, you know, a central PA legend and go out and smoke the field right away. Billy's going to give you a quality run and he'll do it. He'll run every lap. He won't wreck your shit and he'll bring you home some money. So yeah, definitely deserve it to be on this list. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree with you hundred percent on everything you said there. And if he's involved in some shit, like it's, um, it, it, nine times out of 10, he's not the one causing it. Um, 
I do. I mean, like I said, what we've seen over the last couple of years, he has matured from when, if you remember way back in the day, I believe one of my first cold crackers, 2011, when he went up and I don't know, he went after Von Doren. Yeah, it was after Von Doren. I still remember that when he went across the infield. That was after Jared Umbenhauer and he ripped off his spark. It was Umbenhauer. Yes. I remember it was one of those cars. And yes, he went in and ripped off, uh, was it spark plug? Yes, he did. Oh, Billy. Billy's come a long way since then. Yes, yes, but definitely deserve it to be on this list. Absolutely. Number seven, Logan Seavey. January's Chili Bowl Nationals winner is among the busiest in dirt racing this year, vying for all three USAC National Championships in Silver Crown, Sprint Cars, and Midgets. Seavey's more than a USAC buff, too, cracking victory lane in other disciplines like a wing sprint car. In 2018, Seavey even won in his second career ARCA Racing Series race, at DuCoyne State Fairgrounds. Jeez, I'm a little on the fence here, and I love Logan CV. Okay, the ARCA thing, that's a DuCoyne on dirt. Ryan Unziker has almost won that race. I don't give that a fair shake. That's a one-off. Now, he is one of those triple crown guys, and like I said before, there's others that have been left off that I will get to, but... Logan's come a long way in a short period of time, debuted in Coons' 67 for the national viewership, and has done a lot. Now he's uh, been in a couple of different rides in a sprint car, and he's hooked up really well in Silver Crown. He just won at Port Royal last year in the Silver Crown car. One of the best races I've ever watched. He was in the McGee 11 car towards the end of last year. Mm -hmm. Um, That If that ride would still be in existence, that might have been something they would have entertained was having him in it. And it doesn't count for anything, but he's also taken out B-Shep's super late model and hot lapped it a couple of times. So I think Logan is one of these guys that can hop in anything and adapt quickly. I think if we're talking about this list where it is the most diversified dirt drivers, the if you run for the USAC Triple Crown, I think you can have an argument to be on this list, but you got to be successful at it. Logan CD has been successful at it. Remember last year, he swept the night at Port Royal. Don't forget that. Yep. He swept the night at Port Royal. He got the Sprint Car win, he got the Silver Crown win that night. It was an awesome performance on both ends, and that Silver Crown race was freaking awesome. Yep. But I, I think if you look at it in the whole in the whole diversity or the whole thing here, if we're talking about diversity, it's winning in a different discipline on dirt. I'm gonna say yes for Logan CV for that sense is that where he deserves to be on this list. Uh, you know, triple crown winner, sprint car winner. Yeah, yeah, you can call the B Chef things what it is. It was just a hot lap session, but he did time pretty well in it. Yes. Um. So I, I do think that. Even though, yes, all three of these are technically open-wheel cars, Logan Stevie deserves to be on this list just because of how much success he's had in his young career in the USAC side of things. Yes, I'll agree. I'll agree. Number six, Nick Hoffman, the three-time UMP national champion, isn't content with settling for a dominant modified career. This year, Hoffman's exercising his big chance as a full-time World of Outlaws late model series driver with Ty Twarg going for three top tens in six of the tours races thus far. Hoffman also moonlights in the open wheel world 
racing select events in the micro division at Millbridge Speedway and in the midget like at the Chili Bowl Nationals. I'm glad they mentioned someone running the Chili Bowl for once. This guy, in my mind, and I might be living in a different world, should be either number two or number three on this list. I would say number three. Um, I'm going to say yes, because he has shown success in, or starting to show success in his very young late model career. As one of the best modified guys, absolutely, ever. 100%. He's one of the best UMP modified drivers ever. Ever. I mean, what he does every single year when the Hell Tour comes around. Yep. Every year. Yep. It's like, you know, nobody, nobody's ever going to repeat this, until maybe until the next generation comes along. But this guy's a once-in-a-generational talent, without a doubt. Maybe he wants a lifetime talent with the, the way Nick Hoffman can wheel a UMP modified. And then it's had – it is a different change. I over into a late model, hundred percent. But he's also starting to feel himself out and get to see some of these tracks. And I'm sure, you know, if he decides to go do Hell Tour this summer, he's going to do very, very well for himself in a late model. Very well for himself. I'm not sure what he's going to do between that and the World of Outlaws uh, late model series. But I, I do feel like too, he, he's not as doesn't do like the spot start so in the micros. I'd say what or he is not consistent as what Billy does in the micros. Right. Um, where, you know, obviously he has more commitments than what Billy does on a Wednesday night um, or whatever could sounds right in this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't even know. Uh-huh. But still, I mean, he does, he doesn't do as many stars there and he does once a year for the chili bowl, which apparently he might be the only driver who does anything for the chili bowl, you know, so far according to this list. Sorry, Kyle. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree. Like when it comes to the, between the modified and the late model, just his modified experience alone to transfer up into a late model and be as successful as what he's had so far, I could put him up there as probably the top five in this list. Absolutely. Yeah. And the one thing that I'm surprised was not called out, if you're going to show his diversity, Gateway Dirt Nationals two years ago, the last year they ran three divisions. They were super late models, UMP style modifieds, and midgets. They ran Features for three consecutive nights for all three divisions. Nick Hoffman podiumed in every event, every night. That right there, you're on this list. I, I don't care who you are. You're on the list. And if it's, I remember well, he did pretty well at the Chili Bowl, too, if I remember that correctly. Yeah, um, I think this is his second or third year running, and he's progressed every year. This guy is Again, he's one of those guys that should be on this list because we talked about them before. The Billy, the Logan CV, these are the guys that you can put into any car and they will go out and they will win you some stuff. You, you joke about Helltor. I love when Helltor starts because when I start rattling off these results every week on my show, it's I'm just going to keep telling you that. It's the same guy for UMP Modifies until he doesn't go to one because that's the first one he doesn't win is mm-hmm. he's not there. Not he got beat. It's he's not there. So hands down, absolutely deserves to be on this list. And I think higher. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I can't argue there, Casey. Number five, Tim McCready. T-Mac isn't as diverse in ways he used to be, but he still very much belongs on this list. The two-time reigning Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series champion finished 11th in the Chili Bowl Nationals earlier this year. 
In 2006, he won the Chili Bowl Nationals and World of Outlaws Late Model Series title in the same year, and still remains active in his native Big Block Modifieds. Last year, he won in the Modified at New York's Orange County Fair Speedway. This one's tough for me. I don't, uh, even, I don't even want to give him credit for the big block win. That was an erase of champions for Eastern states that a lot of guys, I think, don't really try their hardest because that's their primary car. Mm-hmm. And he did win the Chili Bowl, yes, 17 years ago. And when you start off this explanation as in he is not as diverse in ways that he used to be, that to me is a red flag. Uh, see, now I look at the entire career, like if we're looking at, at this list so far, I mean, if you think back to where T-Mac was, where he can go, where he does go back and forth between the late model and the modified, still nowadays he does that. A very little bit, but yes. Very little bit, not as much as what he used to. But, I would, I'm going to, I'm going to say yes in this list just because he still does run the Chili Bowl. He is a pass winner of the Chili Bowl. He's so good in late model. His late model career is absolutely just, it's just blossomed here um, over the last 10 years, really. Um, you know, especially with Lucas Oil and go making the switch over Lucas Oil. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to say yes. I, I think that he's had enough stuff in his career that now he's settled in late model and found what he liked, and he still runs a modified from time to time. Still runs Chili Bowl. Um, so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with you. I'm gonna say yes for right now on this list. I, I just think that his whole um, uh, discography here is good enough to make this list here. I know yes, it may not be right now, but over his entire career, I'm. I can't argue, I can't argue with it honestly that he that he's on this list. I'm not saying no, I'm saying it's difficult. So if he's on this list, it's got to be right around 10 for me. I do think 5 is a little too high. Yes, I think 10's a good 10's a good number anywhere from like 10 or 9. Yeah. Um I, I would honestly I probably could even put Billy in that spot there in the in the five spot. If you want to switch Billy and T-Mac, well, I'm not opposed to that. Um, you know, I, I may even put Billy a little bit higher in my personal list, but um, yeah, I definitely think five's too high, but T-Mac should be on the list. Yes, absolutely. Number four, Buddy Kofoid. Toyota Racing Development's top prospect has quite the resume at 21 years old. Two USAC National Midget Championships and multiple wins on both the World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series and All-Star Circuit of Champions. Kofoids performed well in limited stock car experience, too. Last year, he started 5th and finished 11th in the NASCAR truck race at Knoxville and placed in the top 5 in two Cars Tour Pro late model races. As for this year, he'll compete for the High Limit Sprint Car Series title in trying to take another step toward his eventual goal of reaching NASCAR's Cup Series. Kofoid is absolutely a top 5 in my view, but, again, we're mentioning the Cars Tour Pro Late Model Races. Irrelevant. NASCAR trucks at Knoxville, I'd also consider that to be irrelevant. Those are one-offs and asphalt. Not taking it, but he is a wheel man. Oh, 100%. Buddy Goforth's a wheel man. I mean, we've seen 
what he's able to do down in Lincoln. You know, got a couple wins down there last year. Um, obviously, looking for a ride now. I don't know what's going to happen if he's still going to run the whole high limit series. Um, kind of came as a shock to me that he was out of the um, out of the eleven car uh, with Corey Lyson in it tonight. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'm very. I would. Def- I was on the fence with Buddy there, but now as I look back at his whole uh, repertoire and you know his whole history. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, Buddy Colfoy should be on this list. You know, for what he can wheel a midget, we've seen him what he can do there. We see what he can do in a, in a wing sprint car. Um, he doesn't really have the triple crown success as some of these other guys on this list, like say CD or you know Larson. But still, it's um, it's definitely worthy of being on this list. I don't know about number four. I may put him back at number six, but you know, just because I, I just don't think that. Um, how do I wear this here? I, I just don't think his diversity is wide enough right now with him just running the sprint car mostly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he hasn't really had the opportunity with the wingless sprint car. I know him and Coons tried it at the beginning uh-huh. of last year, and that just fell flat on its face at Bubba's to start the year. And he has run a couple of Silver Crown stuff, but again, those things are so hard to get in a rhythm because they only run like 10 times a year. Half of them are in dirt. And to get a solidified ride is doesn't seem to be a thing anymore. It just seems to be guys bouncing around, hopping between cars. So I'll, I'll cut him a break on that aspect. But as far as anything he's gotten into, I haven't seen him really fail that he's mm-hmm. ran consistently. So, yeah, I think he's definitely on this list. Maybe not at four, but we're good with that. Yeah. All right. Number three, Ricky Thornton Jr. At 32 years old, RTJ's driving upside hasn't been higher. The current leader of the Lucas Oil Late Model Dirt Series has set himself up for a career year in a division where he has five wins and multiple first place votes in DirtOnDirt.com's Top 25 poll. A former modified national champion, Thornton's expanded his skill set into the open wheel ranks of late, too. This past weekend, he won in a wingless micro at Sweet Springs Motorsports Complex over former Tulsa shootout winner Jason McDougal. RTJ has also expressed interest in entering the sprint car ranks at some capacity in the future. Well, entering in sprint cars, it's in the future. It's not relevant yet. I love RTJ's wheelman mentality he kind of has an old school feel to him absolutely setting the world ablaze in the late model as of late definitely has the modified experience now i do want to give him credit for tulsa shootout running a micro and also at the chili bowl i think he's right around the t-mac level of this list in my opinion i think it should be more of a 9-10 spot for him yeah, I was, you know, when I saw RTJ on this list, I'm like, oh, really? Like, I think everybody but did. I, <laughs> but then I read the, I read back in that thing. Yeah, absolutely. He, uh, you look back on it. Yeah, okay, we'll put him on the list. I'm definitely going to go actually probably like nine, nine, maybe like nine or ten somewhere in there on this list. But, um, yeah, no, the, you look back at everything there. Again, you said you hit it well, Casey. He's a great late model driver. Um, modified, you know, not as dominant as what Nick Hoffman is. Um, I think that's what helped elevates Hoffman on this list. 
But, you know, again, Tulsa Shootout credit, got to give him that, is what you said there. Uh, being J-Mac, especially in a, a micro, that is no easy task. I don't care where it's at. Beating J-Mac for how good McDougal is in micros, that's a that's an accomplishment in itself. But I just don't think he's still too way early on in that career there. But as far as, you know, diversity right now, okay, I'm good with like a 9 or 10 spot for him. Yes, yes, absolutely agree. Number two, Stuart Friesen. With more than 330 wins in his short track racing career, the NASCAR Craftsman Truck Series regulars stay sharp on the dirt with a busy modified schedule mixed in with some dirt late model races. Since 2020, Friesen has 76 wins in the modified and a pair of short track Super Series titles. In 2015, he beat Donnie Schatz to become a World of Outlaws Sprint Car Series victor. Boy, are you ready for me to get crucified by my own family? Go get crucified, buddy. He does not to be anywhere near the top 10 of this list. No way, Jose. Now, so- let me defend myself here. So, the truck deal, again, it's asphalt. I don't care about that. It's not dirt diversified. Now, yes, he is number two in the nation in Northeast Dirt Modifieds. I'm sorry, but Matt's at the top right now. Mm-hmm. The late model thing, he's ran it, I don't know, 10 times and not really been impressive. Got himself DQ'd at the World Finals for coming up light after hitting the scales after mm-hmm. qualifying. It hasn't been the greatest joyride. And yes, he does have a World of Outlaws sprint car win. Yes, he is the only guy to have a modified and a Outlaw sprint car win. He's the only one mm-hmm. that's on that. But that wasn't his ride. That was a one-off at one of his home tracks. So mm-hmm. I can't do it. I can't. Stu's great shoe, diversified at this point in time. I don't think so. So I did have yes at first. And then we started talking about this list and how we're taking back a lot of the asphalt stuff. So I changed it to no as well. I agree. I don't think he should be on this list just because, you know, he does do spot spring car and late model stuff. But if it's not the truck, which is asphalt, he's just trying to modify. He's just trying to big block. And even now, it seems like he stepped back a lot in the big block because I haven't seen his name pop up too much this year. Then again, I have, I've stepped back a lot from racing, so I haven't really seen uh, too much. But um, still, I mean, he's not as big of a threat this year, it seems like, with the modified when he is out there because I haven't seen him on the podium too much. I mean, maybe I missed something there um, again. So don't crucify me here, folks. But no, and the way we're defining this list, no, Stuart Friesen should not be on this list then. If he, if we're going off of, you know, we're not counting the asphalt side of thing where it's just a dirt, a dirt racer, um, or the first right dirt racers. Um, because I, the criteria sound like it's just for dirt now, whether it's all racing or not, you know, maybe that's the way Kyle is going. Maybe we put that out a little bit, uh, better. But yeah, no, right now, no, Friesen should not be on this list. I mean, even a couple of years ago, it wasn't really a, a question, too, if he should be on this list. Right. Yeah, I don't think the late model resume helps him any in this regard. 
And no, look, he hasn't done anything in it. And look, he, really, he hasn't. If we're talking guys who race on dirt and their diversity to do other divisions on dirt and asphalt, I'm still not putting him on this list. And it'll definitely give me a better argument for the missing names on this list. Yes. So if you want to go that route, then you're only going to prove my notables to be even more serious. So it's a catch 22 either way. Sorry, Stu. It's just not happening, man. Number one, some guy, Kyle Larson. I don't know if you've ever heard of him. I don't think he should be on the list. The 2021 NASCAR Cup champion, again, irrelevant, two-time Chili Bowl Nationals winner, a two-time Dirt Late Model winner already this year, current high-limit Sprint Car Series points leader, a recent modified winner at Eldora, which gives him wins in an unprecedented seven different disciplines at Eldora. There's seemingly not much Larson can't accomplish in a race car. I'm just going to end it with that. Um, so your answer is no. He would be number one <laughs> ever, ever on this list. He would be higher than Mario. He'd be higher than AJ Foyt. He'd be higher than Tony Stewart. And go ahead and call me an idiot. I don't care. The dude, I watched him hot lap that late model like twice that week that they went to Port Royal. And he runs a three-day show, the 50 grand to win finale. Well, he just wins. Uh, I'm sorry, you did what? And you beat Mm -hmm. Jonathan Davenport, and you beat Brandon Overton, and you beat Brandon Shepard, and you beat everybody that was the Shurins, the the Shuins. They were the ones that were going to win, and you beat them. You did what? Um, Even when you weren't racing dirt a whole lot, when you were running for Chip Ganassi, and you started on the front row of the Knoxville Nationals. I'm sorry. What now? Mm-hmm. Um, winning in seven divisions at Eldora. He often a UMP modified. He's never done before and wins the damn thing. Come on. Like at this point, I want this guy to like go to Mahoning one week and hop in a juice box and smoke the kids just because he can. Like, I want him in one of our modifieds. I want him in the Northeast modified. It has almost happened on more than one occasion ah. during Speed Week. And from what I understand, it was a thanks, but no thanks. That's what I've heard, too. And I heard it was very good equipment, too, that he had a chance to go in. This so. guy can just do it all. He really can. And I really hope next year that he doesn't shoot himself in the foot by trying to do the double duty and run Indy and the Coke 600 in the same day. I really hope he doesn't because I think the more he tries to accomplish, the expectations are going to be that much higher. But what if he goes out and wins the damn thing? Which oh, I, he well, could do. He does that. He very well do that. Oh, he he, do, he does that. that. Uh, just take him to Vatican City and make him the next Pope. I mean, seriously. Like, there is no argument here. I don't know. Can anyone realistically say that not saying he doesn't need to be on this list, that he shouldn't be number one. Is there any argument to that? There I don't, isn't. I don't think there is. No, 
There, there is no argument for him to not be on this list and not be at number one. He's the greatest driver of our generation, and I know, you know, and you know, you can say whatever how flow is. You know, they're big on their car. They're big on all of his cars. You know, whether it's a Rumsley car or it's a Silva Fifty Seven or the Midget, he's got to drive it. He's got to drive it, and he proves it every damn night. Like, hell, look at what happened at Kansas this week here. I mean, the damn guy gets spun out, works his way all the way to the front, goes out, and wins a, or almost wins a damn race. Um, you know, outside Denny Hamlin, pulling Denny Hamlin shit. But, I mean, this boy can just wheel. I mean, I feel like the dirt side of things, maybe starting to take a step back just a little bit. Um uh, whether, you know, I just don't think he's having success is what he's had over the last couple of years, like between last year and this year, um, set compared to 2021. And, you know, we can all talk about 2020 all we want. But yeah. I even think 2020 alone, that year there is enough to put him on this list. I don't care what you talk about before, whether it's USAC stuff, all the other stuff that came before 2020. 2020 is what gets him on this list just because of the year he had and what he won in that year. He won in a, he won in a uh, sprint car, obviously, a late model, and I believe a silver crown car that year. And too. a midget. And a midget because he won the Chili Bowl. Yep. Well, he won like five nights of midget week in Indiana. I mean, like, yep. it's sickening the way he does things. It's not just all about oh, he started on the front row every time. No, no, that's not necessarily always the case. This is not how this works with this guy. Um, He absolutely deserves number one, hands down. So so Kyle got Kyle right. (laughs) Yeah, Kyle got Kyle right. Now let's look at the notable left off the list guys. And I have to start with the most obvious. Where the fuck is Christopher Bell? Yep, I have him written down. Uh, I mean, uh, where where is he? Yes, he may not be as active as Kyle Larson, or um, I mean, he still has done a lot of things in, let's say, the last three years. You know, running this Wendell four ten, he can go out in a midget and knock your teeth out at any moment. At the Chili Bowl, him and Larson are the two guys that put on the show, except for mm-hmm. this past year when they uh, took a stand, I guess you can say. But, um, yeah, Christopher Bell definitely should be number two. Mike Rose, Christopher Bell, like, come on. He ran mm-hmm. the he ran some dates in our 600 speed week here in PA last year. Like, what? Yeah, he did. That's that that's my that's the big, I think, obvious one that's missing. What what do you have next on your list? So I have how now I had two guys on this list here that may not make it. Uh just because of the diversity thing here. But what about um Alex Bowman? Where is he on this list? So Alex Bowman to me is too new. Okay. Like, he just started the whole Chili Bowl thing. He just started the 410 thing. I think he's getting better, but there still needs to be more time. That would just be like saying Chase Elliott the same thing. He ran a couple of midget races, but there's still work that needs to be done. Another name I have on this list, and where the hell is he, 
is Brady Bacon. Oh, that was on my list as well. Talk about a guy who has won in every facet of USAC and uh, has won in a 410 and just won a World of Outlaws race at Hobsat. Yep. Um, The guy can drive. I don't know how that got overlooked, but here's the thing. So if you're going to put Logan Seavey on this list, how can you not put Brady Bacon on this list? Exactly. How can you not put Justin Grant or Chris Windham or for fuck's sake, Tyler Courtney? Yes. My God. Sunshine's trying to mess around a lay ball now. He's not doing bad in it. No. If you're looking at that, but even his whole, you, again, if we're going back to this whole USAC diversity thing here, why the hell is he not on this list then? Be, just because of his diversity in the USAC thing. Shun, I didn't even have Sunshine on here, honestly. I mean, there's so much on this list that could be on here. Um, I, so I, I want to. I know we have some local guys we're going to talk about here, but I, two one name popped in my head the second we talked about this, and this is before we talked uh, talked about the diversity side of things here. Now, this could be a little old school, maybe a little controversial, and it may even be a no from you. Back in the day, though, Jimmy Horton should have made this list. Wow. Well, okay. All right. Now you're going to open another can of worms. I am. But I just want to hear what you're going to so, say. No, I absolutely have no problem with that whatsoever. Definitely ran a sprint car. Definitely ran a modified. Mm-hmm. Kenny Brightbill did the same and a late model. Yeah. But if you're going to talk about active drivers, active, active drivers, uh, Jimmy Horton's still an active driver. I, yeah, I mean, but look, just like the T-Mac argument, well, he's still kind of doing it, but not mm-hmm. like he used to do it. Well, that'd be right. the same thing with Horton then. So yeah. there, there, there's a little given. I mean, you Billy, can, hey, you can hey, open a can of hey, worms in any of this. If you're going to pull that card, Billy Pouch still kind of runs a speedster sometimes, too. 100%. And I don't need to speak about anything else he's driven. I mean, holy no. shit, right? So if you want to play that card, we can. <laughs> There's another list of guys, you know, the Dick Tobiases that won in every facet. There's, you know, Kreitz won in multiple facets, too. I mean, there's a lot of names you could really dig up from the grave there. That I feel like this could be a list you and I come up with. And we make our own article or video about it to, you know, we didn't want to have to talk about this. I, you know, after the showcase. Yeah. Yeah. So I have to, you know, Courtney though, really irks me. The guy won a title in every division of USAC and then says, I'm going to go wing racing and is the two time defending all-star champion. Like, and then he will also run Tulsa. And he will also make the A main of every event he runs. Like, Mm -hmm. it's, let's be honest. He's as close as we've gotten to Brian Clawson, I think, with the exception of Larson. Yes. So I can agree with that. I just don't get, like, and again, I feel bad for Comic Fadden because this is impossible to do. Mm -hmm. This is impossible. Yeah. So yeah, there's definitely. But there is more. There is more obvious things beyond this list than what's here. Again, I love Kyle's Ryan. I love what he does. But there's better names that could make this list. Yeah. So the one that really 
grinds my gears and people can tell me, oh, well, it's because she's your friend. I don't care. Timmy Buckwalder deserves to be on this list. Hands down. I can't argue there, Casey. I mean, name a man in this area. Well, I have another one that can go. I do have. I can name one, actually. But that can run a modified weekly, a sprint car weekly, jump in between a speedster and a 600 weekly, go run a silver crown car every now and then, run a 410 uh, wingless car, run a 410 wing car. Literally, I mean, the the guy does it all, and he's on this list. Yep. I mean, and he can win. He can win in everything. Everything we I've mentioned, he's won it except the four ten. I think. Yep, back to back A main starts at the Chili Bowl the last two years. He's mm-hmm. hopping back in the, I guess the new five G, the twenty seven Hefner car. He's going to be in that at Grandview this weekend coming up. There's a lot of things that he has done. He Latier put him in a four ten last year for the first time, and he didn't do too bad. Uh-uh, not at all. He's again. It's one of those guys. Put a seat in a car and he'll drive it and he'll do it well. Yes. And the other man I was thinking of on this list that we could say is probably the closest to what Timmy can provide is Briggs Danner. He's the next big thing as far as that diversity. You're absolutely correct. Mm-hmm. I, yes. I, Alex I mean, Bright. Yes. Alex Bright I mean, actually he, has driven a modified. Not many people may know that he may have I signed in. He may have signed in under Haywood Jablomi that night, and they left it that way. Oh my um, god! That, that wasn't. Why had not surprised me? That was not. I was not at the helm of directing that night, so I will tell you that it was not at one of my tracks. But yes, he did. Um, but he's another one that can just a, a wingless car. He's now doing winged stuff. Midget, of course, it's. There are a lot of these guys, and honestly, before he announced his retirement, McDougal would have had an argument, too, for the abilities to run all of these different classes. But now people are going to argue, well, if you're going to say that a midget, a wingless sprint car and a silver crown car, isn't that kind of like a small block, big block? open small block modified or is it like a 305 360 410 sprint car and kind of not really so to me they're all different types of cars it's not a matter of what motor you have they are different styles and let's be honest here i mean you're talking about two different regions here you're talking about pennsylvania and New York when it comes to big block and small block i know we have bridgeport yep and and new egypt but really, you are talking about the difference between Pennsylvania and New York, big block versus small block. Yep. So there is a completely different, it's a completely different atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, here's another guy too. If you want to take, okay, so this is where I say, if you want to count the asphalt stuff as contributing, right? Well, mm-hmm. that would, that would help Christopher Bell's argument. It also, I think, solidifies Mad Max McLaughlin's list, too. I had him on written down here. It would have to. It would have to. Max has driven a super modified at Oswego. He's doing the wheeling stuff now. He's also, of course, an accomplished modified driver. He's done Mm -hmm. the Chili Bowl. He just hopped in a 360 wing sprint car last week with ESS at Fulton. 
This is another one of them guys who, again, they will drive anything. Yes, I agree. And I had him written down until before we start talking about the whole uh, diversity or, you know, the dirt and asshole thing. But yes, 110% Mad Max McLaughlin on this list. We're talking about the asshole, bringing the asshole guys into this. 110%. The boy can wheel and modify. We've seen what he can do. Uh, I mean, even look last year at the show at Big Diamond. I thought he, honestly, that was just fantastic yep. uh, with what he did. I think, was that him and Shepard? Uh, uh, who ran second that night? Stu. Stu ran second. Max Stu Blue ran early. second. That's right. Yes. But no, he's, right. he is very accomplished. He has yeah. a lot of those things. I mean, if you want to look at what guys have done in other stuff, Billy Decker and Tim Fuller, they ran super late models on tour mm-hmm. with Vic Coffee. I mean, you have Larry White was supposedly had an order with Longhorn. He was going to go super late model racing. All right, well, let's talk about Larry White here because he is an accomplished spring car racer. Yes, he is. Has one in a spring car. Yep. Has one in a big block. Yep. There's a, what about Danny Barron? Oh, and another one. These There's guys, another one, Danny we're Barron. About, we're talking about guys that run 360s in New York primarily, but yes, they are very accomplished. Billy Van Imwagen. Yep, Billy V. Yep, Billy that's v another one. runs multiple divisions of Modifieds at Orange County. Also does the the win and runs the Chili Bowl. What about a guy like Stevie Buckwalder? Although Stevie doesn't have the modified side or a late model deal, but Stevie's very good in a speedster. He's very good in a winged 410. Mm -hmm. He should have won a silver crown race at Williams Grove. No one forgets that. Um, And he's also done a lot of shit at the Chili Bowl, too. So Mm -hmm. there's... um, Definitely arguments for a lot of guys that, you know, maybe in the next few days, we'll give our own top 10 list here and I'll just put it in the post of the episode and we'll just give you what we think the top 10 should be. But yeah, there's um, there's a lot of talent out in this country. That's one thing that this article and this episode is definitely clarified. There is a lot of talent. There is. There really is. And I mean, we're I mean, we're basically based primarily here on the East Coast side of things. And, you know, we did have dabbled a little bit in some of the Midwest guys here. But, yeah, no, there's a lot. Just in Pennsylvania alone, the diversity of the PA guys and stuff. You can make a list of the PA New York guys, you know, if you want to add in, you know, who we see, you know, regularly, um, you know, between uh, between everything. Yeah. We can make that no problem here as well. Ryan Smith. If you sat down and made that. Ryan Smith was very good in an ARDC midget. Yes, he was. He didn't look too bad inside uh, the Tulsa Expo Center at times either. And mm-hmm. he's definitely has a nice list of accomplishments in a sprint car, too. So, I mean, there's uh, there's obviously stepping stones that are easier. So to look at someone that has done things in a modified, in a sprint car, in a late model, across completely different types of race cars is one thing. But, you know, the micro to midget to sprint car is kind of a common stepping stone. But most times when you move on, you don't dabble across multiple divisions like some of these guys do. Remember, so. remember back in the day when like Hood Sandwich was starting to get kind of catch on and um, with the speedsters? Oh, it was like you an all star race. 
It was because I was, it was almost like the old IROC series yes, where it was. you could go and find out. Yep. You know, you could see Billy Pouch versus uh, let's hear Rick Eckert. Uh, Rick Eckert, and then oh, give me a sprint car guy from back at Buckwaller. You could see yep. Buckwaller. Yep. You know, versus uh, you know, what is it Jeff Strunk then in there as well? Um, yeah, then Chuck, go up Chuck like, Schutz ran one. He was Chuck a Schutz, yep. late model guy from Grandview. He had a, it was, yeah, it was almost, and that's what well, Kenny Brightbill was in the field. I mean, that's kind of what it started out as. It was yes, this, it uh, let's bring as many names as possible and try and pack the place. And that's what really started the attraction to that place. Mm-hmm. is all of those names it's funny as i'm doing interviews with guys and i'm looking you know looking through stuff on the internet and how oh, they ran a speedster i'm not surprised <laughs> no i mean because literally it, the list is now who hasn't ran a speedster back in the day hey if you want to look at who has ran a speedster um tyler courtney has ran a speedster yep dave darlin dave darlin has ran a speedster. why is he not on this list there's another guy who could be on this list because I think most of his success oh, is active guys, yeah. Realistically active guys, yeah. just USAC sprints. But Yeah, true. Now there's um this is very interesting. I love when stuff like this comes out because the first thing you want to do is you want to argue it. And I'm glad we have a platform mm-hmm. to do that. So yeah. um as much time as you've taken away from from racing and taking care of yourself, I'm glad you could uh give us an hour of your time to rip this apart like we did. Oh, my brother, anytime. Anytime you need me, you call me. I will always have time for you. You've been so kind to me over the years, and I'm glad, you know, we've, uh, you and your family, we've become friends. And, uh, you know, I miss you guys. And, I got, hey, I'll get to see you next Friday, though, hopefully. Next Friday, URC yep, at Big Diamond. Yep. Hopefully, can't wait for that. Looking forward to that. And URC's at uh, Bedford Friday night. Uh, Starts we're going up against the Outlaws, but you know what? We'll go take care of business out there and have a lot of fun at one of my favorite tracks. I love Bedford. That place is just so, – this year, I think, as much – yes, I'm taking time away from racing. I think I can go out and see my first late model race out there because I've heard the late model racing this year has been nothing but fantastic out there yep. so far. So I might take the uh, Timmy Long approach and go with the uh, uh, the Keystone Cup weekend because I uh, that race out there, it's just – it seems like to be growing very, 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 very big. And also that time of year at Bedford, you can't argue that, man. You can't argue. That is one of the most beautiful areas to be in during the fall foliage season. Yeah, I think once Diamond's over um, come Labor Day, I think that might be on my... I've never been to Bedford, so that might be on my list. I know they run um, some good modified shows out there. Oh, yeah. So I think PRP's out there soon, too. So yeah. That, that would be fun to watch. Yep, yep. So, all right, man. Enjoy the rest of your week. Enjoy Bedford, and I'll see you next week, man. Uh, all right, brother. Good talking to you. Thanks for having me on, man. <laughs>